all of these people from different backgrounds, different ages, different body types and sizes and everything just out there running. Diz Runs Radio, episode 1110, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all. Real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you by the folks over at Amino Co., makers of uh, some of the, the highest quality amino acid supplements on the market. And, uh, you know, as we're, as we're nearing a new year, maybe we're already in the new year by the time you're listening to this. I don't know your life. But one way or the other, we're, as we're going forward and running life, everything in between, taking care of the nutrition piece of the puzzle, kind of important. And eating good quality foods, I believe, kind of important. But no matter how well-intentioned we are when it comes to eating a well-balanced diet, I feel like, at least for me, maybe not you, maybe you're better than me, you're probably better than me, let's not kid ourselves, but at least for me, there's always a few gaps, right? And having some good supplements is uh, a nice way to help fill in those gaps, make sure that the nutrition piece is taken care of, and that's why I'm a big big fan, a big proponent of uh, amino acids, the, the amino acid supplements from AminoCo. And uh, if you want to get yourself on board, whether we're talking about the Perform Blend as a kind of maybe a pre-workout, the Heal Blend as kind of a you know post post run post workout help recovery help with the recovery process, maybe a little bit of both. You know what am I saying? Take some before, some after. Yes, that's what I'm saying. AminoCo has you covered. And uh, if you use the link Dizruns, I'm sorry, if you use the link AminoCo dot com slash Dizruns, that'll help them know that they came that you're coming from the show. Help me get credit. Help them keep their sponsor money flowing. Help them know that their sponsorship money is uh, is making is being useful. You know, be, being used for what they want it for. And uh, you can save yourself a few bucks as well by using the code Dizruns at checkout. That'll save you thirty percent, which is as near as I can tell, not nothing. Much better than a stick in the eye. Much better than ten percent. Much better than twenty percent. Not quite as good as fifty percent, but hey, you know, beggars can't be choosers. We'll take a thirty percent discount code. Aminoco.com slash Dizruns. Dizruns at checkout. Save yourself thirty percent on anything and everything that you order. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey y'all. My uh, guest today is someone that definitely recognizes the importance of focusing on um, kind of whole body, whole person health, the, the holistic benefits of taking care of your body. And, and I think, I don't know, I mean, I never know exactly where we're going to go with the conversation today, but I think that we might be able to tie that into maybe how focusing on your whole body can might maybe make you a little bit better runner too, or make, at least make you a, a healthier runner, which I think is kind of an important piece of the puzzle for all of us going forward. Uh, she's a yoga and meditation instructor. Obviously, she's a runner as well, also a personal development coach, and I'm looking forward to uh, a great chat today with Ms. Andrea Heller. So Andrea, thanks for joining us today and welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, looking looking forward to it. And y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, kind of want to find out more about Andrea, maybe maybe the services she offers and kind of, you know, potentially working with her uh, at, uh, not sorry, not at, we're, we're get to the at in a minute. We're not to the ats yet. We're at the www's, although we don't need to say www. It's 2022, almost 2023. Y'all know the www bit, uh, but it's mindful-wild.com is the website. 
And uh, if you are on the social medias, on the Instagrams, you want to connect with her there, it's at Dre Heller, D-R-E-H-E-L-L-E-R, at Dre Heller on Instagram. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 1110, Dizruns.com slash 1110. We'll get you back to the show notes for today, photos, links, social media links, all the things as per usual. So, Andrea, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a pretty simple and straightforward question that sometimes has a pretty easy, simple and straightforward answer. Sometimes it's a little bit more complicated, but one way or the other, it's a good place to start the conversation. That's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Oh, I love this question. Um, you know, it's kind of a toss up um, between 10 miler and a marathon. And uh, so I'll say the first distance race I ever ran was a half marathon and, you know, I kind of trained for it, um, <laughs> and, uh, it finished it. It was fine, but those last three miles were killer, right? Like I just was just hit the wall, was not, uh, not feeling great in those last three miles, uh, since then have done many more half marathons and been much more successful with them. But it was shortly after that experience that I discovered the 10 miler and I ran one and I thought, wow, why don't, why don't we do this more often? <laughs> why isn't this like the race that everyone's trying to, uh, to, to accomplish? Um, and they're kind of hard to find. Um, they're, you know, it's not the most popular distance, but I really enjoy, um, I feel like you can, you can kind of bang out a 10 miler, feel good, still race it, but feel good. Um, Versus the half marathon where, yeah, sometimes at the end I'm, I'm kind of struggling a little bit, which maybe speaks to my training. But, um, but yeah, so I would say 10 miler and then the marathon, I think I've only done a couple. So I, I still have, um, I think, some experience, some room to grow with my marathon experiences. But um, I mostly just love the atmosphere of the marathon. I think it's hard to beat that um, that sense of kind of human accomplishment and, and human potential when you're out there running the 26.2. Yeah, that's that's um, you know it's it's quite the quite the difference between a ten miler and a twenty and a twenty six point two you know for for favorite distances. But the the rationale for both makes sense. And and um, every so often, not that it needs to make sense though, clearly, but if, if as long as it makes sense to you, that's what matters. But I, I I follow your logic on both both fronts. Every so often, I mean, we get we get the ten mile answer, and I feel like my response is the same. And you even kind of hinted at it, Andrea. But it's just like why why aren't there more ten mile races out there? Like why is everything a half half marathon or it's a t- maybe a 10k it seems like it's 5k's half marathons you, you can you can you know trip and fall over one of those distances a lot especially if you're willing to drive mm-hmm. just a little bit for a half marathon um but 10 miles like that's a that's a hard race to find sometimes yeah it is and you know i so i'm in i'm in boston and there's actually a 10 miler series in new england mm-hmm. Um, which is great. There's one, you know, there's one in Rhode Island, uh, like two miles or two hours away from here, um, in, up in Portland, Maine, another two hours away from here. And then in Stowe, Vermont, um, which is you know more like three and a half hours from here. But, um, I feel lucky that I'm in a place where there are, uh, 10 milers kind of easy to find, but, um, but that's, you know, that's kind of it. I, I've looked for other ones in the area and I, you know, they're, they're hard to come by for sure. It's true. It's true. And I, I actually um, just just we just moved to, to Georgia not too long ago. And I, I just ran a, a, a half marathon here, um, which, again, you know, would have loved to find a 10 miler. But there was a little a little a little, you know, one of those little flyers in the in the packet for other races. Um, and there's like a t- it was a 10 mile distance. And, I, and like I almost was dismissive of it. But now that I've, I, I'm talking to you about it, it's like, well, shoot, here I am always complaining about how come there are no 10 milers. 
And here's one that's, you know, I don't know exactly what it is, 30 miles or 30 minutes away, something like that. So well within the, the drivable distance for a race like that, like maybe, maybe I just need to, to go ahead and, and jump on it because, you know, if I'm going to always say that, Hey, it'd be nice to, nice to find more 10 mile races. Well, here we go. <laughs> Gift horse. Don't look it in the mouth, like make it happen. Yeah. We got to support them. You yeah, know? Exactly. Cause I feel like, yeah, I feel like so many people, I mean, there's, you know, the half marathon is kind of the goal, right? So I think so many people are, are, you know, maybe a little bit of our competitive nature comes out or something. And it's like, well, why run 10 miles when I can do a half? Uh, but, you know, I would, I would argue that if you get out there and you run a half and you realize how good you feel, you're going to want, going to uh, want to run more of them. Yeah, for sure. Well, and yeah, it, you know, and, and I mean, you can make that argument about any distance, but yeah, I, I think that, <laughs> that, um, that, yeah, I mean, just like that, even, you know, and I don't have anything against the half marathon at all, but it's like, like 10 miles. Somebody said this one time and I can't remember who to, who to credit, but you know, the, the beauty of the 10 mile race is as soon as you take the first step, you're, you're out of double digits. Like you never have to work very hard to get from, you know, to, to there's only nine, nine point something miles left, but we're back into the sin, single digit club. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that is like, that is a nice little bit about that. It's just like, as soon as you, as soon as you cross the, the, the start line, we're down to the single digits. Let's go. And the race is on. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Anyway, how'd you, how'd you get into running, Andrea? Is this something that uh, you've been doing for, for years and years, something a little bit more recently? Where'd you find your way into the sport? Yeah, great question. I, um, I was a soccer player growing up, so I played soccer through high school, but I was a, I was a center mid, so, so uh, a lot of running. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was running all over the field, so um, so running was always kind of part of the, the sport that I played, but, um, but I think as with most people probably that grew up playing sports, you know, running was kind of associated with a punishment. Like if we, you know, if we did something wrong or, or incorrectly or whatever at practice, we had to run laps. Um, uh, so it wasn't until college that I kind of fell in love with just going for a run for pleasure and, um, distance running and, it was a little bit of a um, winding path to get there. I, I actually had to stop playing soccer because of injury, unfortunately. Um, and that's kind of when I, I found yoga um, and really, you know, found this kind of com- complementary practice that allowed me to slow down a little bit um, and, and get in touch with my body a little bit more. Um, and then I, I'm a, a, you know, self-identified cardio junkie. Uh, so I love yoga. And, and like I said, it's a really good compliment to my running. Um, but I, I love the cardio. I love the high intensity. Um, so after playing soccer, I felt like, you know, there was a little bit of a void there. And um, I started running for pleasure. And, and at first it was just, you know, three miles, maybe three to five miles here and there. Um, was having fun, but, but nothing crazy. And then it was actually after, um, the, the Boston marathon bombing, I was at Boston college at the time. Um, so very much, you know, in Boston, kind of in that whole, um, really, you know, tragic, um, experience. Uh, and, and after that I ran, um, the Boston run to remember, which was a relay race. Um, and it was the long, I ran six miles and it was the longest that I had ever run. Um, and just kind of tied to, you know, this really meaningful, uh, cause this really meaningful experience. And, and after that, um, I just, I fell in love with it and, and started kind of building mileage up from there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, you mentioned in the, the, you know, the the kind of introductory question there that the first, the first half marathon, 
um, was pretty good for a while for, for 10 miles or so. And then the, the last little bit was, was a bit rough and maybe a bit undertrained. Um, curious, you know, so, so you, you run this, this six mile segment, you're really enjoying, enjoying running. What was the time frame from that, that period to, to that first half marathon and, 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 you know, looking, looking back benefit of hindsight, um, you know, kind of what was, what was the training? What was the buildup to that, to that race like that maybe wasn't quite as, as sufficient as it could have been? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't that long. It was less than a year. Um, yeah, probably, uh, ooh, I don't know, maybe like five or six months or okay. something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran it with a couple of friends actually out in Vancouver in Canada. Um, that's, that's a nice destination and, race right there. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, and it was great. And you know, I, I trained, um, I was training through the summer, so it was hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, you know, I just, I probably wasn't doing all of those other things that were important or are important to training, right? I wasn't really doing any strength training. Um, I was doing yoga. That was, um, has been an important part of my life, but um, not taking care of my body in the way that, um, that I should have been. Uh, training through the heat, probably pushing too hard, you know, easy runs, not so easy. Um, and then on race day, it was another really hot day. Um, and I, I just, I probably wasn't fueled appropriately. Um, I hadn't, I hadn't really trained with fueling, so I, I didn't know, um, how to kind of pace myself, uh, on race day and how to make sure that I was, giving my body what it needed, um, for the mileage, but also for the heat of the day. Um, so I learned a lot from that race. Um, and I had a lot of fun, you know, had a whole like weekend out in Vancouver with some friends and, and the race was, um, on a beautiful course. So ultimately it was a good experience, um, but definitely a learning experience. And I was hobbling around the next day, which I didn't, I didn't want to have to do that again after my next race. So, so yeah, some, some lessons were learned. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, that's, that's I feel like for most of us, that's, that's part of the process and, and whether, you know, whether you read all the books and talk to all the people and you have a coach and you have all the friends and, and like, you still have to go through it the first time. And, and <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's just me. Maybe there's some level of stubbornness probably, but um, you can know all the things and feel like you're doing all the things, but until you actually do the thing, uh, you don't necessarily know exactly what you're getting yourself into. And, and, um, and then you throw, you know, for something like running and, and you throw heat into the mix. So that's, that's just all bets are off at that, at that point, which is easy to say once you've run some hot races, but that first time, you know, it's, it's probably easy to look at it and be like, Oh yeah, it's warm, but like, whatever, you know, I've, I've run through the summer. I've run when it was warm, but it's different when it's, when it's hot and, and, and a little bit, uh, I don't know if humid or not in, in Vancouver, but it's when it's hot on race day, like that's just a whole different beast that you have to deal with. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think it's, uh, you know, on training days, you might hit a hot day and, and that's okay. Cause you're training, but on race day, um, at least for, you know, that first experience, the, the first race I'd ever run, um, the relay that I did for the run to remember wasn't really a race. Mm-hmm. So, so really this was like the first time kind of at the start line, you know, that whole atmosphere, that whole experience and, and just knowing that it was so hot out was, um, uh, I feel like I kind of psyched myself out a little bit. So there's a mental game there too. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like I saw, and please correct me where I'm I'm wrong, because there's always a decent <laughs> chance that I'm going to be wrong when I when I feel like I see something. Um, but did you run Did you run Boston a few years ago? 
I did. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. Right before the pandemic. All right. Well, let's, let's, um, I, I am uh, pretty, pretty outspoken in my desire to get a little bit faster and a whole lot older and eventually be able to qualify for the Boston marathon. So I, I can never pass up the opportunity to talk to somebody who's run Boston and kind of get their experience. And for somebody who, who, at least lives there now, was going to school there. I mean, Boston, you know, somewhat hometown, at, at least, if not actual hometown mm-hmm. situation. Um, what was mm-hmm. what was the Boston Marathon like for you? Yeah. Uh, so I'll start by saying I ran it for charity. I also, you know, would love to be fast enough to qualify <laughs> one day, but that's not where I'm at. Um, yeah. I, you know, Boston, I've always loved Boston as a city. I, I didn't grow up here, but I have family kind of ties here. So I did grow up coming here. Um, and when I was looking at colleges, um, my criteria was kind of, I want to be in Boston and I ended up at Boston college. You, a lot of choices um, if you want to be in Boston from what I yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I ended up at Boston college and, uh, marathon Monday, you know, the day of the Boston marathon, which is Patriot's day here in uh, Massachusetts. Um, is like uh, just a big party, right? We have the, the school is closed um, because the course runs right by um, campus. So, uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Most people are, are drunk and mm-hmm. it's just a big kind of college party. It's a college party day. Like, yeah, that's, that's what yeah, you do. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's so much fun. And it's, um, I think being in Boston leading up to the marathon too, where you get to see everybody out there training for it. Um, to me, it's just, it's such a beautiful representation of the human spirit. And you see that on race day, of course, but even, even with the training, you know, all of these people from different backgrounds, different ages, different body types and sizes and everything just out there running. And it, and it's just, I think it's just, uh, so beautiful. And so I love the lead up to the race. And then on race day, I think, you know, if you've ever run a marathon or even just been out there spectating a marathon, um, it's, it's so inspiring. I mean, I, you know, I, I can't help but just have a smile on my face and be so happy for everyone that's out there running and, um, being in Boston, you know, I think it's every runner's goal to run the Boston marathon. I probably in general too, but especially here in Boston. Um, and I had the opportunity, I was, um, volunteer coaching for a, a girls run club. Um, and we had bids and I, I had the opportunity to run for them. Um, and uh, running Boston is, is a very unique and special experience. I think, um, you know, running through all of the different cities and towns that you, that you go through, um, the energy on the course is incredible. Um, it's a challenging course for sure. Um, some hills over uh, mile 17 through 21. Um, and then coming into Boston, I, I don't even have words, honestly, to describe the feeling of taking that left turn onto Boylston Street and, and seeing um, that finish line in Boston, um, the crowds, and um, I think knowing you know, the history, the long history of the race, but then also just the immense resilience um, from the city and from that race in particular after 2013 uh, just made it incredibly special. Yeah, for sure. Um, is it is it a race that 
whether it's it's through charity again or you know if, if slash when you, you get you, your your lines bisect like mine do where we get old enough and we get fast enough that, <laughs> that maybe we can qualify is it a race you'd like to do again yeah so I've, I've been asked this before and my response is you know if someone gave me a bib <laughs> <laughs> right uh 100 i would run boston again yes if i you know if i got to a point where i was fast enough to qualify definitely um, I would love to run it for charity again, but um, the fundraising was really stressful. Mm. Um, it's a it's a lot of money. You know, I had to raise my minimum was uh, seventy five hundred, um, and you put your credit card on the line. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so you know, I think um, while it was an incredible experience and I felt very strongly about the cause that I was running for and, and raising money for the girls, um, felt easy in the sense that, uh, you know, I was, I was doing it on behalf of them. Um, it, it was a, it was a really stressful experience. And so that, you know, fundraising that amount of money, um, on top of training, on top of working full time, um, was a lot. And I, I, I did not come out of that race uninjured. Um, so I think if I did it again, I would have to kind of rethink, um, not just the training, but the, the fundraising piece, because that takes a lot of time and energy. I'm, I'm, glad i guess that you brought the fundraising part up because i was going to ask about it anyway so so now it's already here and i don't, I don't have to just yeah. dive right into it from some kind of random left turn um <laughs> but but I, but i ask about the fundraising because you know quite frankly and I've, I've said this before so this will be a repeat for some folks but um you know i was i i've i've talked to folks who've done various charity events you know big races small races whatever over the years and i'm always curious to figure out what like you know how the fundraising went obviously it's it's stressful especially when you're when you're talking about you know you got you got your credit card on the line for seventy five hundred dollars like that's that's not nothing um mm-hmm. but uh you know there's there's a lot of us and i'm I'm one who was on the fence for a while like I'd love to do a charity event, but like I hate asking for money and the fundraising bit is hard and I finally did it and it really wasn't that bad um and it's something that i'll I'm, I'm sure I'll do again at at some point um but obviously it's it's a little bit it was a little bit stressful you you've said that already um but but you know, with, with raising the money, how, how, I mean, I'm assuming you, you raised hopefully all of it, at least most of it, but like, like yeah. how did, how did the fundraising actually like, like what worked for you? I guess maybe is the best question for those who are maybe doing some fundraising events in, in the new year, or at least are thinking about it. What are some of the, the things that kind of worked for you in terms of raising the, the money required to get into Boston? Sure. Yeah. So, so I will say, you know, I think in general, the fundraising could, it could be fun and it was fun. Um, and I would do it again for a smaller race. I think just Boston, because the price point is so high. Um, it, yeah, there's just a lot on the line. And, and 7,500 was actually low, right? A lot of charities, they, they have like 10K plus minimums. So, um, so you know, just to put things into perspective a little bit. But um, yeah, I... Uh, I, you know, I got a lot of money from, from friends and family. I think that's, you know, tapping into your networks, um, and making it personal, you know, doing those, those kind of personal outreach asks, um, can really go a long way. Um, people generally, at least my experience was that people generally are happy to give, um, for, you know, a cause that you care about. If, if you're running a race, it might not even matter if it's a cause that they care about. If it's something that you care about and you can speak to that, they're just happy to support you. Um, 
so I think that personal touch. Um, and then some other things that worked, um, I really leveraged Giving Tuesday. Um, so I spent a lot of time on social media on Giving Tuesday, and I raised over $1,000 on just wow. that one day. Um, and I had some incentives, you know, I, I, uh, people who donated X amount of money, I said, I'll send you cookies or brownies or something. Um, so I, caveat to that, I think another thing to realize is, uh, I ended up spending a fair amount of money <laughs> in, in the process of fundraising also. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, um, those days where people are already kind of predisposed to be thinking about giving, leveraging that. Um, and then my big event, my big moneymaker was, um, an in-person fundraiser that I did. Um, I got a local brewery to rent out or actually donate a room, um, which was great. So I didn't have to pay for the space. Um, and I had a, a raffle and some auction items. Um, and I think that was probably the hardest part of the fundraising, actually more so than asking people for money, because again, you know, if you, if it's a cause you care about, I think it's easy to talk about, um, and people are happy to give, but for this raffle, what I did was, um, I literally just walked into businesses around the Boston area and said, Hey, I'm running the Boston marathon. I'm, you know, hosting this event. Can you donate anything? Um, and it was actually surprising how many businesses did. And I had actually some really great, um, raffle prizes. You know, I got a lot of, um, fitness related, uh, places to, to donate classes or, um, you know, I had some, some of those like, um, Oh, what are they called? Those like float tanks. There's a place around here that does those like sensory deprivation float tank things. And I got some gift cards to those and some cryotherapy kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, a, a friend of mine, um, had a, a connection to, um, someone who works for, um, Nesson. And so, you know, got some Bruins tickets donated, um, which we auctioned off. Got some really good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so that was, you know, that was the big event and that was where I made the most money. But, um, I, I think I like blacked out from that event from the stress. So I, (laughs) I I remember it was very successful. Um, but it, it was a lot to put on and to, um, I'm not the most extroverted person. So to, to walk into businesses and just ask for donations was really hard, um, but, but worth it. Ultimately, um, that's how I made the most money. Um, and then another thing I did was I, um, because I'm a, I'm a yoga teacher, I put on just a charity yoga class, mm-hmm. um, which was helpful too. Awesome. Well, thank you for, for sharing those, Andre. Like my, my head's spinning. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a, a race that I'm fundraising for right now, but I'm thinking of, of <laughs> possibilities for whenever that next time is for me. And, and hopefully, um, like I said, hopefully I know, I know there's a few folks, um, that are, that are working on various charity bibs right now. So hopefully maybe that helps them a little bit as well. Um, so, so you obviously, you know, a a big part of your life, you've mentioned it a couple of times is, is yoga. Um, where did you like, or maybe not where, but when, when did you get into yoga? I mean, it sounded like kind of that was right about when you, the soccer career was winding up. Is that, is that accurate? And kind of how'd you, how'd you find, uh, your way into such a, a, a regular, uh, and obviously meaningful yoga practice, um, whenever it, it is that you kind of got into it. 
Yeah, I started doing yoga um, in college. I, you know, just at the gym, they Mm. had yoga classes and I started dropping in. Um, I think part of the interest was when I was um, an undergrad, I was working part time at Lululemon. Um, And there, you know, there was a big yoga focus Mm. there. So they encouraged employees to to go out into the community and, and connect with studios and take yoga classes and such. So so there was kind of a push uh, to explore, but um, but I, I actually started, like I said, just going to um, to the to the gym at um, school and taking some yoga classes. Um, and I found it was a it was a way of moving my body that I had never really explored before. Like I said, I've always been more of a cardio minded person, um, and I you know I like intensity. I like feeling like I'm working hard. Um, and yoga gave me, uh, a way to, to move my body and feel like I was, um, you know, still being active, but calming down and quieting down. Um, and, and it was, I think the perfect compliment, um, that made me realize that you have to balance intensity with stillness and that there's, um, you know, you, you can't always be up, up, up. You also have to give your body time to rest and to move in different ways. Um, and so even though I love a good, powerful vinyasa hot yoga class, um, I'm actually much more drawn to restorative or slow flow type practices. And that's mostly what I teach. Um, because I think that, you know, not just the body kind of rest and recovery or active recovery that you get, but also that, um, that stillness of the mind that you can get that almost meditative sense of, um, of movement that you get through yoga, um, is something that I think that we runners and probably everyone, but, but, you know, runners in particular, um, probably don't get enough of, um, and it's, it's really good to balance things out sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to throw some, some potential arguments at you and I'd love to hear you, uh, you, <laughs> sure. you dispel them. Um, some of these are, are, and I'm not going to out myself too much, but I'll out myself in general right here. Some of these are maybe some of the arguments that maybe I've at least had. I, I, I enjoy yoga. I don't make it mm-hmm. as much of a priority as it should. Um, or as I would like mm-hmm. to, I used to, I used to be pretty, pretty consistent. I mean, once or twice a week, put, put the yoga on the, the Peloton app and do something in the, in the house. Um, and I don't know why I, I don't have a good excuse why I just have kind of gotten away from it. Uh, pretty, pretty, like I couldn't tell you the last time that I got the mat out and, and did some yoga, um, felt better as a result. So I don't know why I don't do it anymore, but whatever, that's, that's probably a whole nother, you know, psychosis thing that we need to get into at another whole nother time. Um, but just, just in general, things I've heard from, from runners and, and, um, in no particular order, this one is maybe one of my favorites, but I'll, I'll, I'd love to get your take on it is mm-hmm. I'm so inflexible. I can't do yoga. Refute mm-hmm. that, please. Sure. Yeah. So yoga is not necessarily about flexibility. Actually, I would argue that, uh, I mean, we could get into the whole philosophy mm-hmm. of yoga. We don't need to do that here, but um, I would argue that yoga is really more about the mind body connection. And so Um, you know, personally, what I get from yoga is less about the physical practice 
and more about the the mind and um, the way that it's quieting and calming my mind and the balance that it's giving me to the intensity that I get from running. So, you know, I think a certain amount of stiffness in your muscles and your joints is actually important in running. You don't want to be super flexible. You don't want to be all loosey-goosey because you, you need the stability to be able to hop from one leg to the other for 26 miles, right? Um, so... I think it's a common misconception that in order to do yoga, you have to be flexible. And I think that a lot of that comes from, um, you know, the, the yoga journals of the world and the magazines and the pictures that you see out there of people and these beautifully, uh, you know, these beautiful poses, um, that you're, you're looking at and saying, wow, my body's never going to do that. Um, And the reality is that yoga is much more about an internal experience and the way that your body feels versus the way that it looks. I I like to say, and, and, you know, the way that I teach is that there is no perfect way of doing a pose. Um, It's not about looking around the room and and copying everybody else and, and thinking, oh, well, if I don't look like that, then I'm not doing it right. It's about, you know, going internally a little bit more and thinking about how does this pose work for me? What is it that I'm feeling in my body? And how is that beneficial to me? Um, And yoga could be uh, an active practice where you're, you're, you are giving yourself some stretching, some mobility. Um, It could also be a restorative practice where you're laying on the ground with some pillows and some blankets, and you're just giving yourself some, some intentional time to rest and recover um, just by, by setting up your body in certain poses and then supporting yourself with props. Um, so there's a lot of different things that yoga could be, and I don't think you have to be flexible in order to practice yoga. Right. Um, talking about restorative yoga, um, and maybe this is, and maybe I am about to out myself because maybe this is one of my, my questions <laughs> or, or hangups maybe is the better way of, of phrasing it. But, um, and maybe it's the runner in me. I don't know. Maybe it's the entrepreneur. Maybe it's just who I, I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever the, 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 the rationale behind it is. Um, I feel like the times I've done some type of a restorative practice, like I feel like I'm not doing anything because in, in large part, you're not like, you kind of, like you just said, you kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're in a position, you're relaxed, you're maybe focusing on your breath, but you're not, you're not quote unquote doing, you're not actively moving, which is what I feel like I should be doing. Um, Mm -hmm. when, when I'm doing, when I'm doing a yoga practice or, or, you know, any type of, of quote unquote physical activity, I feel like I should be being physically active. Um, where, where am I missing the point on the benefit of, and maybe you've kind of said a couple times, which is slowing down and allowing the the mind and body to connect a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but is, is that maybe the, the, the thing that I need to just embrace when it comes to a restorative yoga practice versus more of a flow type of, of routine? Yeah. So I think, and I, you know, I will, people will argue against this, but I actually think that restorative yoga is sometimes the most challenging type of yoga to practice. Um, And it's exactly because of what you just said. So we, I think as a society in general, um, have a tendency to go, go, go and do, do, do all the time, right? Like we're always, you're, we're glorifying being busy and being active and just doing nonstop. Um, and especially as runners, right, we're out there, you know, getting our miles in and, and maybe we're in the gym lifting weights or something, or hopefully we're in the gym lifting weights. Um, 
but, uh, but yeah, slowing down and actually giving yourself some time to, to rest and recover and to connect, um, your, your mind and body a little bit more is something that we struggle with. Um, I mean, how many of us have, have trouble taking a full rest day, right? We're, we're looking for ways to actively recover and well, can I go for a walk or should I foam roll or, you know, what are the things that I can be doing to recover instead of just, just giving your body some rest, Um, and so, yes, I think the point of restorative yoga is to passively stretch. Um, so, you know, you are, you're not just laying on the ground, you are setting up your body in certain poses. Um, the difference though, is that you're usually supporting it with props. So you're using pillows and and blocks and blankets and such so that you're, you're not actively, um, engaging any of your muscles, but you are kind of setting them up in a certain way to, to hopefully elongate a little bit. Um, and just create some space within the body. But the challenge there is to allow yourself to just be present in that experience, to drop into what you're feeling within your body and to maybe not necessarily quiet the mind. That's not ultimately the goal, but just to let yourself um, be present with your thoughts. And if you find your mind kind of jumping around to different places um, it's a little bit of an, of a meditation here too, where you, you just try to, to notice what's going on in both body and mind, um, without judgment. And, you know, if you're finding yourself struggling to do that, um, that's part of the practice. And so giving yourself space to, to be with that struggle, um, while allowing your body, um, some very important time to rest. I've said before that maybe my I don't want to say my my weakness, but one of one of my one of my weaker links in the in the chain is maybe my my like mental strength. And I feel like I've I've gotten better better whatever better means. I feel like I've gotten stronger um, in terms of you know I used to to really struggle sometimes with a long like with a longer run like oh I'm tired so I'm just going to give up and walk and not like now it's like mm-hmm. you know you just kind of l- learn to dig dig a little bit deeper especially on race day oh, I'm I'm struggling a little bit well just keep keep grinding it's it's race day versus like just just throw in the you know raise up the white flag which is, is something I definitely feel like I did quite a bit um you know eight, six seven eight years ago but all that to say um it, it almost sounds like if I, if I'm hearing you correctly and, and maybe not putting too many words into your mouth that, <laughs> that embracing this, this idea of slowing down, whether it's, it's yoga, whether it's meditation, restorative yoga, w- whatever, um, because it is a challenge, as I already admitted once that it's, it's a challenge to feel like I'm not doing something. Um, maybe there's a mental strength builder in there as well. Um, and uh, in addition to the mind body connection, but there's, there's some type of mental component that, that, you know, we're always talking about do, do, do to build your, build your strength or build your endurance or whatever. Well, maybe, maybe this not doing physically, but challenging yourself a little bit mentally is maybe a, a key to training the, the mental component of our sport as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would say I would add on to that by saying how many of us have dealt with whether it's an injury or just an illness, right? Like you, you have a cold and you have to stop running for a week or something, um, but have dealt with that kind of mental struggle of, oh, I can't run right now. What do I do? Um, and if you have already built up some of that mental fortitude and you've allowed yourself to sit in this space of honestly discomfort in not doing and being present with that, um, 
then hopefully you're you're going to be able to get through those um, those periods of again illness, injury, whatever it is, um, a little bit better. And then yes, I think to what you're speaking to too, um, definitely. You know, if you have um, cultivated a stronger connection to your mind and your body, so that you're aware of of maybe a little bit more aware of the sensations happening in your body. Um, how your mind and your thoughts um, play into that as well, then you might be able to recognize on a training run or something, um, you know, is this something that I should push through? Or maybe it is a time to kind of back off a little bit. Um, you know, how do I how do I recognize when my body is asking for something? Um, and when it's okay to, to maybe put that on the back burner, like during a race or something where, you know, yeah, let's, let's push through the discomfort. Um, or when it's okay to say, uh, yeah, you know, it's today's just not going to be a a PR and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I think cultivating that mind body connection and, and giving yourself that intentional time of non-doing, um, can be really helpful with all of those things. Yeah. I, I, I want to say I agree, but I don't know that I've been intentionally cultivating <laughs> as much as I should, but I, I understand what you're saying. And, and maybe, uh, that's not maybe that's definitely an, an area that I could, I could stand to improve. And maybe there's a couple other mm-hmm. folks that, that, that could as well. Um, mm-hmm. curious, you know, with, with your, your, in your perspective, um, mm-hmm. how has, has running and, um, your yoga practice and your, and your yoga teaching and, and like just all the levels of yoga that you, that you participate in. Um, how have those, those worked, worked, uh, what, what is the right word? Worked uh, synchronously with each other, worked, worked well together. Um, you know, because again, so many, so many runners, um, you know, we want to run, we, we have our running mm-hmm. goals. Uh, you kind of insinuated and in something I know firsthand as, as a coach that like, yeah, we should be strength training, but not everybody makes time to strength train because they want to run more. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of feel like like I'm getting a little bit uh, feeling guilty, my, or maybe not guilty, but called out myself of like, I want to, you know, feel better and, and, and perform better running, but I don't make the time necessarily to do the yoga or do do some of the mind work, do some of the things that I could do that would probably help that. Um, how have you seen in your own in, in your own running? Um, the two work, mm-hmm. work hand in hand. Yeah, I think it, um, it ebbs and flows. So, you know, when I'm in a, a training cycle, if I'm, if I've got a goal race or something, um, yoga becomes much more of a warm up, cool down, active recovery kind of practice. Um, I maybe lean a little bit more into the restorative yoga. So like on a rest day, I might do a restorative yoga practice because again, that's not active. I really am just giving myself some intentional time to, to rest, um, and listen to my body. Um, you know, I might do like a a 20 minute, um, flow before or after a run. That's kind of like a warm up, a little bit of mobility in there too. Um, but I'm not out there doing any intense yoga. Um, it's not taking the place of a training session. Um, if I'm doing, you know, strength training, which I, I think admittedly could be better about, but I do try to to make an effort to do that. Um, It's not taking the place of any of that. So it's really more just a compliment that um, I think for me, because it's because I've, I've been practicing for so long and it is such an important part of my life. um, It's hard to just 
not practice yoga. It makes me feel good, both physically and mentally. Um, but again, it, it's much more about kind of the mobility, warm up, cool down kind of piece. Um, when I'm not in an active training cycle, then um, I do a, a little bit more of a varied kind of a yoga practice. So sometimes I might um, engage in a in a more powerful flow. So that might take the place of um, a strength training session one day or something if I'm doing like a hot power yoga. Um, you know, instead of doing, um, you know, it's not going to take place of like heavy lifting, but if I'm doing just like a band workout or, or body weight workout or something like that, I would, I would maybe do a yoga practice instead. Um, all of that being said, I think no matter what cycle or what phase I'm in, um, it's just about finding the complement. Um, so, you know, running is a very linear movement um, you're, you're kind of in one plane of motion. Um, it's very repetitive. So it's a lot of load on your body on, you know, especially your lower body. Um, so with yoga, I think finding ways to move your body in, in different directions, um, to give yourself a little bit more mobility, again, not flexibility per se, but mobility of the joints. Um, and so, uh, you know, finding different planes, um, to move in, I think can be a really good compliment. That's just going to help open up your body a little bit more and hopefully even, uh, make you feel better when you're running. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, a key piece of the puzzle that, that I feel like I've kind of really started to embrace in the last few years is this, you know, yes, there's, a, there's the benefit of specificity of training. Um, but also like we need to be functional humans and athletes beyond just, I can run in a straight line. And so, um, and, and again, that's where, that's where the, the strength training is, is a key piece of the puzzle. That's where moving in different directions, doing some type of maybe whether it's cross training, whether it's, it's, you know, playing with the kids, shoot, you know, kicking kick around the soccer ball, shooting baskets, um, doing some yoga, moving in different directions is, is, um, I feel like, and again, I, I, I've only maybe come to this in the last couple of years, but like, I feel like that makes you a better all around athlete human, which kind mm -hmm. of by default, and maybe this is kind of getting back to the whole, you know, being holistic and looking at, at our, our, our health and our well-being holistically. Like if you're a better, healthier human, you're probably going to be a, a quote unquote, better, healthier runner. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, I think the, the biggest thing that I would say here is that it doesn't have to be yoga right? Like find something that works for you. Um, I, you know, I teach yoga. Sure. I, I think that yoga can be very beneficial. Um, but in the same way that I wouldn't force running on people who don't want to run, I wouldn't force yoga on people who don't want to do yoga. You know, it, it's not about, um, the specific type of movement that you're doing. It's really about for me anyway, or, or what I think is important is about finding the balance to the running, just to make sure that you're not only running all the time um, and and maybe getting a stress injury because you've only moved your body and loaded it in one particular way, uh, way with um, no strengthening, no, no variety um, at all. So again, yeah, it's not about, about yoga specifically. Um, and I think if you're someone who uh, is, is out there thinking, I'm not good at yoga. I don't want to do yoga. I don't like yoga. Then you're not going to benefit from it. <laughs> um, you know, the mind is powerful. So if you're not interested in changing that perspective, then that's okay. The, find something else that you do like that is going to work for you. Yeah, absolutely. So 
if somebody's listening, Andrea, or or if somebody that you're talking to is like, "Dagum, I need to I need to to make this happen a little bit more again," um, and and ready to dip their toes in, but it's been it's it's maybe been never that they've done yoga, or maybe it's been it's been a while, and you're kind of probably going to be feeling like we're starting back from square one. Um, any any suggestions, any encouragements, any anything. Um, you know, like thinking of somebody, you know, similar since, and maybe it's going to be similar to this as well, but like, you know, somebody who hasn't run in a while and they come back to it, like, you're not going to, you're not going to compare yourself to where you were when you were running five times a week, you know, three years ago or whatever the case might be. Um, suggestions or, or like I said, or encouragements for those new to a practice or, or returning to a practice after a, a hiatus to, to maybe help make it stick if it is something that they find that they do enjoy and, and want to continue with. Yeah, definitely. I think if you're new to the practice, um, unfortunately, a lot of studios that offer like an all levels class or something um, might be a little bit too fast paced. Honestly, if you if you've never done yoga before um, going to an all levels class, you might be completely lost. So I would say try to find a studio or an instructor who has a specific like beginners class um, or a foundations class where they're going to um, really spend a little bit more time building some of the poses, kind of the foundational poses that a lot of classes will be built off of. Um, that's just going to help you feel more comfortable when you do go to a class um, because you'll be able to follow along, right? Like you'll know what they're talking about. You'll kind of have an idea of what the poses um, are, you know, what parts of the body you're supposed to be moving in certain poses and, su and such. So that would be my recommendation if you've really never practiced yoga before. Of course, there are also resources online, but, you know, it's, I think it's always better to learn from someone. Um, there are also private yoga instructors. I mean, I teach privately, too. So um, you can, you know, find someone who's going to be able to give you more personalized feedback and um, and training with that. Um, if you're returning to a practice or, or, you know, more in the sense of kind of consistency and, and just building that back up. Um, I think in the same way, like you said, with, you know, when you're coming back from running, um, you don't want to just jump right in, uh, diving into the deep end, right? It, it's about slowly building the practice, um, giving your body time to adjust to the new ways of moving. Um, you know, you don't want to give yourself an injury again, in the same way that you might, if you run too much too soon. Um, so, so start off slow and give yourself time to to really come into the practice um and then figuring out what works for you you know maybe it's it is going to a studio uh once or twice or however many times a week and taking a full 60 75 90 minute class whatever it is um or maybe it's doing some some videos online and maybe you're only practicing for 15 20 30 minutes when you um when you set aside some time to practice yoga so I don't think there's a one size fits all for everyone. It's just kind of an experimentation and, and finding what works for you. Yeah. I, I feel like, again, you know, it's, it's a different way of, of looking at it, a, a way that I hadn't thought about looking at it, but it's exactly the same as what I would say to somebody that's running and, and well, no kidding. It slaps me in the face. Like that's exactly, <laughs> exactly what I, how to look at, at getting back into, into a yoga practice for myself. But you mentioned in there, uh, as we're getting close to wrapping up, Andrea, that, that um, you do, offer, you know, private sessions and um, maybe some classes as well for those that are in kind of the Boston area. Um, what, what is the best place to track you down? Is it the website? Is it social media to, to maybe take one of your classes or, or to learn more about what you offer? Yeah. Um, probably the website, if they want to work with me specifically, um, I, I am not currently teaching any group classes. Okay. Um, 
you know, at some point maybe we'll get back into that. But yeah, mostly teaching privately. Um, so if they if they're interested in working with me, I you know I offer yoga and uh, meditation also. So if people are interested in, in growing their mindfulness practice, um, that is something that I I, I also offer. Um, in social media, I, I tend to not be super active on, <laughs> admittedly. Um, and that's more, it's a little bit more personal. So people are welcome to follow me, but in terms of uh, yoga and, and kind of professional side of things, the website is definitely the best place to connect. 10-4. We'll make sure to have, again, y'all, mindful-wild.com. It'll be in the show notes. That's that's the website to get there if you want to maybe maybe have, have Andrea help you. Uh, getting into your yoga routine, or, or like she said, mindfulness, meditation, all those things that, that we've talked about in the past. If you're ready to kind of take that, that next step uh, and you happen to be in the Boston area, hey, here, here you go. Silver, silver, silver platter. Take advantage. Um, one last question for you, Andrea, before we wrap things up mm-hmm. for today. Uh, gotta, gotta, can't let you out the door without a little bit of a philosophical <laughs> question. Um, you know, something, something like the introductory question, open-ended, take it wherever you want to go with it. Um, but, but I'd just be curious, you know, at, at this point in your life, um, you know, several half marathons under the belt, I feel like a, a couple of marathons that you said, and obviously Boston once we talked about that. Um, why, why do you run? Why is, why is running still an important piece of your life along with the yoga, along with all the other things? Why, why do you run at this point? I, oh, there's so many reasons why I love to run, but I think really it comes down to I run because I like to run. I mean, I, I love it. I, um, I think there's no other way, um, of kind of moving my body that gives me the same sense of like freedom that running does. I mean, you know, there's so many other things that you can do, but they all, maybe not all, but a lot of them require other things or other people. Um, you know, I, I like to bike also, and I, I'm a rock climber as well. Um, but all of those things, you know, you need a bike, you need ropes, you need someone else to go climbing with you. Running is just, there's this freedom of being able to just step outside your door and go, um, and just let your feet carry you. And I think that that's so, I don't know, just so beautiful. And the, the parallels that I see to life, through my running, um, the ups and downs, the, the training cycles, um, the mental hurdles, the physical hurdles, everything. Um, I think just keep kind of bringing me back to, to resilience and to strength and to, uh, the potential of the human body and the human spirit. Um, and, and so, you know, at the end of the day, I, I come back to running because I think, I feel a sense of bliss that I, I just don't get anywhere else. Mm, I, I love it. And I think you're probably preaching to the choir a little bit. I think <laughs> more than a few people listening, they're like, yep, I love it too. So uh, once yeah. again, y'all, mindful-wild.com is the website at Dre Heller, D-R-E-H-E-L-L-E-R on the Instagrams. Uh, like Andrea said, a little more personal, but hey, you know, you can, you can check her out there as well. Dizruns.com slash 1110. Dizruns.com slash 1110 get you back to the show notes for today, all the links, all the photos as per usual. So, uh, Andrea, thank you for, for making the time today. Thanks for, uh, if nothing else, giving me that nudge to get my, you know, let my yoga mat stop collecting dust, start, start getting back on out, getting it back out, getting me back on it. Uh, maybe nudging a couple other folks that way as well, but, uh, appreciate the time. Appreciate you, you sharing your, your knowledge and your passion about yoga and how that relates to us as runners. And, uh, certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward, but thanks. Thanks again. And, and all the best to you. 
Thank you so much. It was great to be here. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Andrea and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your uh, takeaway du jour? Du jour. Um, For me, it was something that kind of bubbled up a couple times. Pretty much every time we were talking about yoga and and how that kind of fits into the runner's lifestyle. And, And Andrea kept talking about the compliments you know what 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 best compliments everything that we do but certainly you know running is is active and and so often i feel like i talk about um and i even mentioned it to her you know like like if i'm gonna do yoga i want to be moving and flowing and and you know all of the things right like i I don't want to sit still too much i think maybe there's a few of you that might be along the same lines and I just think that, that sometimes I lose sight of, of the yin and yang, right? The, the two sides of the coin, like yes, running and moving. And, and, you know, I, I feel like we're made to move. Like, I think that's something that's important to us as humans, but some stillness is good too. And I think too often I'm, I'm focused, you know, even, even when it comes to yoga on moving and flowing and not just resting and embracing some stillness in my life. And, you know, whether, whether, I still have some hard time wrapping my head around the benefits of stillness or not, which maybe I do, but that could be, I think that's going to be something that I'm going to really try to focus on in the coming year of, of embracing some of that stillness and, and not stillness because I'm sitting there watching TV or playing on my phone, but just breathing, you know, just, just do maybe doing some recovery yoga instead of thinking that it might be useless because I'm not contorting and and getting in different positions and flowing and stretching, but just resting and allowing my body to just breathe, you know, literally and metaphorically. And, and I think that's something that, um, that I've struggled with quite frankly. And today's, today's chat was a a good reminder that, that that's a good thing. Maybe that that's a necessary thing. So something that, uh, I'm going to keep working to address and keep working to accept for myself going forward. Uh, but what about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Was it was it the, the complementary nature of different activities, yoga being one of them? Was it something different? I'd love to hear it if you're willing to share it. At DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram. Of course, you can send an email as well to DizRuns at gmail.com. Or, you know, or, I mean, or, or I guess you can send a carrier pigeon. You can send a smoke signal. But if you want to do it technology-wise, you can head over to the show notes for today. DizRuns.com slash 1110. DizRuns.com slash 1110. Beneath the photos, beneath the links, beneath the write-up for today's episode is that comment section. Feel free to to blow it up, add as much or as little as you want. But if you want to share a comment on the website, I would love to see it. Dizruns.com slash 1110. One last call for Amino Co. Maybe there's another complimentary piece of the puzzle, right? You know, some supplementation, some some improving the diet, maybe maybe filling in some of those dietary gaps. Aminoco.com slash Dizruns is the link to make sure that, that we get credit over here. And uh, make sure you use the code DizRuns at checkout. Save yourself 30% on your purchase. You know, everybody wins in that situation. You get the nutrition you need uh, or maybe that that your body needs. Um, We get a little support here and and their business continues to grow. Aminoco.com slash DizRuns. DizRuns at checkout. Save yourself 30%. And with that, let's go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Andrea and I with you today. Until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later, y'all.